Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrong Book Pod, inclusively yours. And my guest this month is my friend in real life. I really know her. Amy. Hi, Danny. Thanks, Danny. How are you? I'm good. And I kept saying, like, when I started, I was like, I'm going to have you on the podcast one day. And I don't know why. It's weird how I thought about you because I was like, Oh, we're doing foodie. And I did ask Kimi about food one day. So I'm going to ask her to feel the podcast. I was like, tell me everything you cooked this week. Because I can't think of anything to cook That's for dinner. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was like early in the pandemic, which feels like 87 years ago. Right. I was yeah. already burned out of cooking at home. I'm like, I don't know what. Like, I've been eating spaghetti every day for like three weeks. I don't know what to cook. I have a bunch of food in my freezer, but I don't know what to cook. Nice. So, everybody's doing food. And okay. I feel like December is the perfect time for food because, like, that's when I get my bake on. Mm. So, like, because, like, when I was a kid, my mom will always make, like, a ton of cookies at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I try to carry that tradition, but I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> I did make a cake. Nice. And I plan on making cookies. And I think I'm gonna, I want to make a bunch of cookies because I have like still have cookie stuff from last year. I didn't make like some chips and some caramel stuff, but like, um, cause I had bought last year, it was like a little plate thing. It's something so you could give cookies as gifts. Mm-hmm. So when I make these cookies, I'm gonna like give them to my cousins and my dad and other people in my family and stuff. So. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make some, like, cookies, give them to some friends. I bought a couple things at Joann's last week, like, little bags to put them in because I love holiday baking. My mom, similar to you, my mom, we did it a lot. And then she has – she doesn't bake as much anymore, um, but when she does, she bakes, like, gluten-free and um, she, like, cuts down on the sugar, like, you know, smart, like, healthier types of things where I'm like, oh, I should probably add more sugar to this. Or right. <laughs> let me get butter, real full fat salted butter and just like, oh, did some extra fall in there? That's too sad, you know? <laughs> right. And it's funny because like when like the whole world went like, oh, like trans fats are bad. And like mm-hmm. the first time I made cookies after that and I'm like, these cookies don't don't taste the same like how they used to. And I'm like shortening. Because mm-hmm. we used to use shortening in these cookies, and now we use them something else. Yeah. <laughs> we use a butter. Well, we used to use shortening. So makes a difference. I'm like, right, it does. But I'm like, I don't want to have my arteries clogged neither. So <laughs> I know. <laughs> you it's gotta tough. like it's tough. So if everyone doesn't know, like I said, I know Keeney in real life, and mm-hmm. we met on. We were talking about this, so I think we met on Twitter, mm-hmm. and we like we knew that. Yeah, it was Twitter because you were saying that you were going to be a moderator for one of the panels at um the Baltimore Book Festival. Right. And that's when we first met in real life. Yes. Yes. I remember because you came down. I have like a really weird memory. Please don't think I'm like a stalker. You were wearing like a purple shirt and I think it said like read more romance or something like that. I don't know why, why I remember these things. And you had taken the train over. <laughs> The things that live in my head, who knows? And so, like, we chatted, and then, like, we kept chatting, and then we have another friend in real life, Joy, 
who um, is friends with both of us, and I think that helped us like be more friends as well. If that right. makes sense, Everyone more knows friends. Joyfully, joyfully reviewed, and I right. think I met her at like a signing and. I can't even remember. It was some sign in somewhere. That's where I met her. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing about it is, I don't even think I met her because we're all from Maryland. I don't right. even think I met her in Maryland. I think I met her in another state, and then I found out she lives in Maryland. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, yeah, we have a couple of book friends that we we're all like we're all Marylanders or from DC. So like, right. we've met, but like we and we all plan to do stuff, but then the pandemic hit, so we right. couldn't do all the stuff yeah. we wanted to do. But yeah, right. I remember because uh, like oh. we missed out a Polycon. Yeah. And then, so we were all gonna like meet up at a Polycon, and then that didn't work out. And here we are, at the end of 2020. <laughs> We'll see what 2021 brings us. And you know what's funny that I've just thought of? The last time we did get together was when we were at Abby Jimenez book release for the, for the, um, what was that book? Because it had cupcakes or something in it. What was that book? The Friend Zone. Yeah. Right. That's right, because she has she owns like a cupcake shop, and then me, you, and Joy, we went and had lunch at that like District Tacos or whatever across the street from East City Books. Yeah, so yeah. talking all about the food. Yes. And when we first with this prompt, I was like, the first book came to mind wasn't a black romance, so I said I'm gonna go multicultural with this, you know, because food is multicultural, mm-hmm. you know. Everything we eat is not just we have soul food, then we have like other cultures and everything. So mm-hmm. the first book I thought of was North to You by Tiff Marcello. And I'll tell you why I thought of this book. So the heroine in this book, her name is Camille, and she owns a food truck um that sells like Italian because her um background is Italian. And they sell like paninis and meatball thingies and different types of of food like that. And so she has a spot that's like her regular food truck spot. But an incident happens and she loses that spot. So she winds up parking in front of a Filipino restaurant. And the family that owns the Filipino restaurant is a guy she used to go to school with named Drew. And they lost touch because... um, they were like just starting to get each to know each other and like starting to date and her parents had um died in a car accident and she had to go live with her grandmother and she lived in like a different part of California so like they lost touch after that but they meet back up at an event and she's parked out in front of his family's restaurant but he doesn't know that's her food truck until ver- until later and his family is going through a hard time with their restaurant. So they're trying to revamp it to be a little more upscale. Um, But like this food truck being in front of their place is like a problem. Mm -hmm. When I read this book, I was like, I have to find somewhere that sells Filipino food. I'm like, (laughs) I have talked to on Facebook. I think I was um, Marcelo had, posted something and underneath of her thing I'm like you should have put a list of restaurants in the back of this book I said because I want some Filipino food and I don't know where to get it from and she's from Maryland too she's like I know some places kind of in DC she's like 
some of them I wouldn't recommend. <laughs> I'm like, I just need you to cook me some food. Then. It's just like, I need a list of restaurants because that book had me so hungry. Yeah, um, that book was on my list too, North to You um, by Tiff Marcello, also because of the food. And when I was in college, my roommate, she was like half Filipino and she took me back to her house. They lived in Virginia Beach, like on a break or whatever. And her mom made, gosh, like all of a sudden, like words and names escaped me. But it's basically like a Filipino egg roll. There's a name for it. I can't think of it right now. But um, it was so good. And when so like reading Tiff's book, like it reminded me of that. Yes. It was just like, I, and I really, that was the first book I read from her. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed that book. It was really good. Same. And the food was like the icing on the cake. And whenever I think about foodie romance, a lot of times, like what comes to mind, I'm like, what books did I read that made me hungry? <laughs> like, like if, if I'm like thinking of like, you're right. And like a lot of times the food descriptions aren't really detailed like you know very very mm-hmm. details but I'm like if I'm reading this book and I'm like dang where can I get some of that from I'm like you're a good writer because you made me totally forget the storyline because I'm thinking about these extra details like on oh, that food I, I'm just like and I found a restaurant that's kind of near me it's not close but it's close enough mm-hmm. and I haven't been there yet because I'm just like the type of person that don't like to drive places mm-hmm. and <laughs> but I'm like I'm gonna go there one day I'm going to go there one day and I'm going to try this food and I'm going to be wild. Because like the reviews I looked online, they were pretty good reviews. So I'm like, I'm going to be wild. And then I'm just going to like spend all my money there. Yeah. I think one of the reasons why food a lot of times works really well in romance is because for a lot of people, food is like a love language, right? Like Mm -hmm. I feed you, I want to cook for you because I want to care for you because I love you, you know, and so, um, you know, sometimes it can be as simple as like, so one of the books I put on my list, it's not multicultural, but the way that she weaves some food into it is really brilliant is um, Paradise Cove by Jenny Holiday. So it's a grief book. There's a lot happening in it. But the mailman character, like one of the things that he does as far as like caretaking is he feeds the heroine, the, the, the female main character, because she she's a doctor, she's working a lot, um, she's working with the city to like help with vaccinations and all these other things, and he sees that she's not caring for herself the way she could be, and so one of the ways that he can help with show her that he cares is by feeding her, you know? And so, so sometimes like foodie romance can be like very like in your face, it's happening. It takes place in a food truck, like North to you, or sometimes it's like subtle where he's like, let me make you this grilled trout sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) And it's still like, Oh, I, I want all of that too. (laughs) Right. Right. I would love for someone to cook for me. Me too. Yeah. So another book on my list, you and I both read this earlier this year, Danny, The Marriage Game by Sarah Desai. 
I was wondering if you were going to bring that up because I was yeah. like, when I thought about it, I was like, we talked extensively about this book. We did because like that, like she goes home after a failed relationship and her family owns a restaurant. So she like helps out in the restaurant and then the guy that's like renting out space on the third floor or whatever, he's like a cocky attorney and he was like, not great, but also I really enjoyed the book. Right, but right. that was like very family centric. Desai is an uh, Indian American, so she kind of like her background into it, and you know, so all the foods that she kind of talks about her family making, and again, like they all have dinner together, and you know, all these good things. And also, the female main character in that book is messy as hell, and I love yes. that. And you know, and I had issues, but like the issues I had with, with the book were like this unrealistic to me, not mm-hmm. like necessarily like it was like a bad thing. And a big thing, and I think food too was a big part of that because he was kind of at this point because of some things that happened in his family. He kind of wanted to separate himself from his identity right. as a um. South, I guess it was South Asian. I, I can't yeah, remember like exactly. South Asian the Indian of yeah. yeah. He wanted to kind of separate himself from that identity, and part right. of that was separating himself from the food that they ate. Right. The one part she had took, she was gonna make him something that was a very labor-intensive meal, and he hadn't had it for a long time because he was really like trying to separate himself because food a lot of times food is a big part of our identity as like you know as non-white people in Mm -hmm. america you know like that's one thing you do have is like this food kind of identifies your like you said um your son's father is jamaican so my my niece's mother is jamaican Mm -hmm. and at thanksgiving when my brother talked to him he said what did you have for thanksgiving did you have Jamaican food or did you have American food and she said we had a little bit of both but it was mostly Jamaican food Mm -hmm. so because that's what they know they know they don't really know the American like turkey and all that's not their culture so it's so much food is so much a part of your culture and he really was trying to separate himself from that and I think it was a meal that he said he liked but he hadn't had in a long time and so she made it and then when he was supposed to come and eat he didn't because he was doing this other thing and it was like a big thing in between their relationship because like you said food is your love language you know it can be a love language and she wasn't uh she didn't work in a restaurant she had another profession but the fact that she took the time to make this meal when she could have just had her mom or her dad make it because they knew they were the chefs and stuff in the family or someone else in her family. But she's like, no, I'm going to make this myself. And then he didn't show up. It was like a huge thing. So, yeah, that book was good, though. And we were talking about they have the other one. It's coming out next year, right? I think it was with the cousin. Yes, the made, um, the dating game. I just got the arc for it today. Oh, okay. You know, you know me at arcs. I try to. I try to stay away. You know what? We're not even going to talk about that yeah, right now, Daniel. Yeah, we're going to change. We're going to change the subject. We're going to change the subject. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're just going to move on. We're just yeah, <laughs> yeah. So okay. So what are some other books that you had on your list, Danny? Okay. So one I 
Uh, and this is funny because I usually never read a book when it first comes out. And I don't know. And but because this year has been like super crazy, I'm surprised that I read this book when it first came out. So it's called The Taste of Sage by Yafa S. Santos. Mm. And so she, the heroine, her name is Lumi. And um, she's Dominican. Mm-hmm. And she had a Dominican restaurant, but like, she was really like into, you know, experimenting and doing new things and um, just the state of things. Her restaurant wound up going under. Mm. And so she had to get a job at uh, another restaurant. So she got a job at, uh, I think it's a French restaurant. And the hero, his name was Julian. And he was, um I don't think he was French. I just think he was just white. But it was the funniest part was, she gets this job and like I think he was out of the office for some reason. He wasn't in the kitchen. And they're like, we need this recipe for something, something. It was like something kind of basic, a basic French recipe. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to spice this up. You know, I'm going to put a little flavor to it. Instead of using this, I'm going to use this ingredient. And I just was like, how's she going to come in this restaurant just changing stuff? It was so funny, though. Because when the diners got it, I mean, it sounded like it tasted good, but, like, they wanted something specific. And so when they got it, they were like, oh, no. Like, I don't know what this is. Like, they just changed the recipe. But it was, I thought it was a really cute book. And and I listened to the audio book. And in between each chapter, it had a recipe. And I really liked that. It was super cute how she put recipes in the book. And let me pull up. Because I had pulled the book up from library. La- library. <laughs> <laughs> I love saying library. I don't know why. It's just funny. <laughs> it's like one of those things that almost every kid says, you know, instead of saying library. Yeah. And it's like hard to like not say it. Even though they get older and stuff like that. Yeah, Taste of Sage. I have, I think I have that book. I definitely have the arc, but we're not talking about those. Right. And so, like, in the recipes, like, that they have in the book is are, like, things that were referenced in the prior chapter. So, like, I pulled up, um, this is chapter, if you, anybody has the book, it's chapter six. And she's talking about fish, just fish balls. So, in the, um, at the end of the chapter, they have the recipe for Lumi's fav- favorite famous fish balls hmm. and when I was listening to the book I'm like oh I should try to I should try to make some of these things like and like I said I don't like to cook <laughs> like and the reason why I don't like to cook is because of the patriarchy mm-hmm. and I'm gonna tell you this story so one so on my mom's side of the family um like my grandma's kids it's just my mom and my aunts so I have two brothers and my aunt just has a son. So I never forget this. It was Easter. We went to my grandmother's house. She made me snack peas, but nobody else had to do no food stuff. They were outside playing and she made me snack peas. And from that day, I vowed to never cook a holiday meal. I said, I will never (laughs) have Thanksgiving, Easter, anything at my house. I'm not cooking. I'm not helping. I'm not doing anything because... Mm -hmm of the patriarchy because she could have had them snapping peas yeah but she only made me snap peas so you know that's why 
<laughs> I'm not a fan of the patriarchy, so you know. Damn that patriarchy. So it's so funny too, because like my dad, now that he's retired and um he's he have to cook for herself because my stepmom she was living um away from him because she had to take care of her parents who were sick and and my dad didn't want to move up there so he just stayed home so mm-hmm. now he's like cooking all these meals for herself and he's telling me about these meals my grandma used to make and he's like why didn't you why didn't you learn he was like oh he said you can't cook like your mom used to cook and I'm like I know I can't I don't want to cook like her He's like, why not? I said, because misogyny. I said, because why you keep telling me about recipes that my grandmother used to make? I said, if you wanted to know how to cook them, you should have learned. That's and right. He, I just went on this big old rant, and my dad was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what do you mean, misogyny? I said, because you keep saying about the women need to cook. What about the men? I said, there's too many men in this family that don't know how to cook. And my dad just was like, okay. <laughs> you so tell him, Danny. <laughs> You let them know. Yeah. It's hilarious stuff. But um, what I am, what I do like to do, I'm not a big like cook person, but I do like to bake. Mm-hmm. And so this book that I read, it's when I knew I was gonna talk about this book, it's funny because I was like, let me find it because I have an actual copy on my bookshelf. And my Christmas tree is near my bookshelf. And so when I bent over to look on the bookshelf my hair got caught in the tree oh my goodness I was like oh my gosh don't let me pull this tree over (laughs) but um I do like to bake and this book that um I thought of was as good as the first time by K.M. Jackson okay and in this one the heroine her name is Olivia and she lives in New York but her mother's family is from a small town in Somewhere down south. I want to say North Carolina or Georgia, but I'm not really sure. But they're from a small town down there, and her family has a bakery down there. And she used to go for the summers and help her her aunts and stuff in the bakery. And she's at a point in her life, something really bad happened, and she wound up losing her job. And then also at the same time, her aunt had, I think she like broke her hip or her foot or something like that. So she needed help in the bakery. So because she um like in between jobs, she decided to go down there and help her aunt. And even though she lived away from them, she still was really into cooking, like cook into baking. So she goes down there and um helps her aunt with her her restaurant and I mean her um bakery. It was called her bakery was called Good and Sweet. Hmm. And she winds up running into her ex. Like, they were like childhood sweethearts. And they were supposed to, I don't know if they were supposed to go to college together or, but they had made plans and something had happened and he went off to the military. So, like, she was harboring this grudge against him so hard. And he's a firefighter and a single dad. And he would come into the restaurant, I mean, into the bakery and get stuff for the firefighters. So it's like, she's rekindling this thing with him that you know she's kind of reluctant at first but then you have this thing of is she going to stay down there or is she going to go back to New York and this book also had recipes in it and it made me want to bake something and so one of the recipes in the back of the book if you have it 
um, that I'm going to try to make because I've never really been a fan of it, but I'm thinking maybe if I try to cook it, I might like it better. I think I might have just had a bad batch when I ate it and I didn't like it. So they have a recipe for a pecan peach cobbler for one. Mm. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. <laughs> she had a little joke in here because it says pecan peach cobbler for one serves four to six. Mm. See what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> I guess man, it's so good that you'll just eat it yourself. But when I um, got this book and I was like, oh, I'm going to try some of these recipes in the back. That pecan peach cobbler. Then she had like some berry pies. That's one thing I have not conquered yet is pies. Like I can do a cake and I can do cookies, but I haven't done a pie. And that's on my list to try is I want to try to make a pie. Dough is like so fiddly. Like pie dough. Yeah. Because you have to like get it like really cold or if you use shortening it's just a mess i've never conquered it either so my mom always just bought refrigerated <laughs> so like like i think i might just try that for the first time like let me just get some refrigerated dough Do and it. then once i get a get something get to where i can be able to make something edible mm-hmm. then i'll try to do the homemade dough there you go you got it so, so another one on the bacon front. Let me tell you about this other one on okay, the bacon front. Okay, tell me. Front. I'm excited. A novella. And you know I've loved novellas the whole... Yes. Novellas have gotten me through the pandemic. Um, this one is called Sugar Butter Flower Love by Nicole Falls. And it's so funny because I already knew I was going to talk about this book. But recently on Twitter, a chef was saying something about creaming... Um, flour and I mean creaming butter and sugar and she uh-huh. was like she was like oh this is a reference to my book kind of slaughter and when I read it so I kept having it in my mind and she and I was like she played too much <laughs> I think because she she just was throwing that word in there too much I was like go ahead Nicole you, you, you funny you funny but this one is like about kind of like a baking competi- competition competition mm. so the heroine her name is Isabel and she has a um family bakery called whisk and she signs up to be a contestant on this like holiday baking show you know kind of like the um sugar rush type things on Mm. netflix or whatever and the catch with this show is that they pair each baker up with like a celebrity from their hometown and she winds up getting paired up with a football player and his name is travis he's a um he doesn't play football anymore but He's like a, a, what do you call it? Amateur baker, but he's really good. And they knew each other in high school because they were paired up in like their home ec classes and they did not get along. Mm. But they made good stuff together, even though they didn't get along. So you had that enemies of lovers and then like is a competition on top of it. And it, it was really good. And it was like perfect for the holiday time. Like, you know how sometimes you read a book and it's just like not even like holiday, but like you're like, this is a and it's not even like if a book being a beat a technical beach read, but you're like, oh, the weather and everything. This mm-hmm. is just a perfect book to read at this time. Or mm-hmm. like if it's a book set in a snowstorm and it's snowing outside, and you're like, this is just a perfect time to read this book. And because it's December and like I'm in like the cooking mood. And 
I had just watched some episodes of the baking shows. I was like, this was just a perfect time to read this book. It was really good, though. <laughs> Did you read The Worst Best Man by Mia Sosa? No, and I have that. I have it on audio, and it's been on all the lists, and mm-hmm. she got options. It, she's also a fellow Marylander, and I yeah. really love Mia Sosa. She's so awesome. She's, she's the best. She is the best. So this book... Carolina, the female main character, her family is Brazilian and um, like Brazilian American and her mom and her aunt own like a Brazilian bakery. So she's a wedding, uh, like a wedding coordinator. It's like an enemies to lovers because so Carolina, Lena, she was originally scheduled to marry somebody and then like right before the wedding his brother broke the news that the guy didn't want to get married and so three years later she runs into him again with like this work thing it's it's kind of like a silly setup but that's okay it worked for me it was one of my favorite books this year um but lena's like i said lena's mom and aunt they own like this little bakery in like basically like silver spring um area of maryland and so it was like in a strip mall so I could like envision what it would look like there mm-hmm. and um you know so there's like a couple scenes where they're trying food and she's like tries to prank him by like putting hot pepper sauce on something and he like <laughs> plays along and um but the one really good thing is that there's like some hijinks but they're and it's like kind of enemies to lover but they're not like too antagonistic mm-hmm. which I, which I don't like I don't like it when they're too mean to each other right, they were like right. just mean enough but it was you know so like food wasn't main stage on that but it was like side a side character because it was very prominent to her family and yeah. like and um like they had like the family will like get together a lot like at the bakery and meet up and stuff like that and I think one of her cousins is in it and she'll probably get a story at some point um but I really enjoyed that story and when you get around to reading it I recommend it so yes and Mia Sosa is good at putting food in her books because um the first one I read of her is acting on impulse Mm -hmm. um the heroine her family had a um I want to say they were Puerto Rican Mm -hmm. they had a restaurant and, like, a big thing was because her dad had, uh, I don't know if he, he had some type of medical issue, but he just wanted to keep eating that good food. Right. He, you know, he's like, you know, I don't care, put salt on it, put MSG, put all, you know, put anything on it I wanted. And that also tied into the um, other book in that same series. I cannot remember the name, but it was the third book. But the hero in the third book was the heroine in the first book's cousin, and the right. heroine was a friend of a friend of the hero of, of the heroine in the first book, and um his dad would cook for um was a real big into cooking and he was into cooking too, so she's really good with that. And one time I, I when I used to be on Facebook. Her family, um, Mia Sosa, her they had went to because her mother, I believe her mother is from Brazil, and they had went there. This was pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. and they were showing like food that her family had cooked, and I was like, oh my gosh, this stuff looks so good. Mm-hmm. I was like googling it because I was like, I have to know what's in this and like see if I could probably make it myself. And I was like, oh no, this is too hard. 
I cannot make this, but it looks so good. Yeah, I mean, but it it also, okay, so Mia Sosa, she's, like, Brazilian, American, um, Sarah Desai, she's, like, South Indian or South Asian Indian, Um, Tiff Marcello, she's Filipino American, Um, so we've talked a lot about, like, cultures outside of American, too, but it's also, like, it's one of those things where they talk about, like, the windows and mirrors, right, Mm -hmm. and so with a lot of these, like, foodie-type romances, it's, like, a window into like different things like we keep talking about that maybe we wouldn't have come across on our own and so you start following an author and who writes about like different types of foods and then you like see the food in their pictures and then you're like wow I really want to try that you know it opens up like this whole other world which I I just absolutely love you know and um you talked about Yafa Santos and I so Sajni Patel she had a book out earlier this year like I think it was called like the trouble with hating you or something and she's also South East Indian or South Asian Indian something like that um but she's also American and she lives in Texas and I follow her on Instagram and so she has talked about like how like at family gatherings they'll have like chili and then like something very not Texas <laughs> and she was like this is how we celebrate and it's like that's amazing who wouldn't want that like right that's how I want all my my meals to be you know all sorts of everything so yeah. um yeah did you have any other books that came up to mind for foodies let me see oh so this one is and I just read it recently and it made me think about how a lot of times when we talk about romance, um, especially when we talk about romance and younger people, we, we're still so focused on adult romance. Mm-hmm. So, um, but this one was a really cute, um, both of these books, this book has white characters, but it was called Tweet Cute by Emma Lord. Oh, yeah. And that was, it was super cute. And I thought it was very fresh and young. And that it would appeal to young people. I think a lot of times with romance, we tend to think about it in a sense of young people reading adult romances. But the thing is, there are a lot of, uh, I don't want to say age appropriate, but things they can relate to in their age range. Mm -hmm. So like um, when I was thinking about this book, I thought about some books I had read when I was like in my early 20s and late teens. And these books had adults in them. But when I was reading the books and like when the women would talk about what attracted them to this guy, I was like, I cannot relate because this outfit this guy has on, it sounds corny. And I wouldn't think a guy that had this on was cute. It Mm -hmm. just, it doesn't, it's not appealing to me. So I think a lot of times when we talk about romance and young people, we do need to recommend books that have people their age that they can relate to, especially this book was very heavy on the social media stuff. And I think a lot of young people can relate to that because that's the era they grow up, grew up in. So in this one, um, the heroine, her name is Pepper and her family owns a restaurant called Big League Burger and unbeknownst to her her classmate's family his name is Jack and his family owns a deli and her family's restaurant stole a grilled cheese recipe from their restaurant and it becomes like this Twitter war and 
they it, it's it's like a whole bunch of stuff going on in the background that they don't know about. Um, they don't know. They didn't at first know that their families own those restaurants and their classmates. And then the Twitter stuff, they didn't know that it was the other person doing the Twitter stuff. And then it's like some background information on why her family, why her mother's um, restaurant stole a recipe. It's like a whole bunch of stuff in the background, but I thought it was really cute. And if you have young people that you want to introduce to romance into something that they would like, I thought it was a really good book. Hmm. And I rarely, and I've probably read like this whole year, I've probably read like five or six books with white characters but this was a really cute one though and and it kept me engaged so you know that's good that that means a lot yeah I bought it when it was on sale like for like a dollar 99 or something but I haven't gotten around to reading it because well I have a lot of books so right. time, time management it's all about time management yeah I'm, I'm not good at it so right and it was one last book I wanted to read, um, talk about this book. It's, I've never read anything by this author, and it's called A Little Dark Desire by Ray Sean. Hmm. And in this book, the heroine, her name is Desire, and she works, she's like a private chef in a kitchen for a family because the family has special um, dietary needs. So they have like a private, private chefs. And it's about like four or five of them that work in the kitchen and she winds up having a little one night thing with her her um her boss he she's kind of like a co-worker but also like in charge Mm -hmm. so um they have like a one night thing and she goes crazy and she's just like you know what about our relationship? And she's just like, no, like it was a one nighter. You know, uh, I don't, I don't want to deal with you. So then they wind up getting into a, a, a incident. So she leaves and goes to live with um, her sister in another city. And she winds up meeting a guy who runs his mother's bakery and his mother passed away. And so he came back to the bakery because that was his mother's dream, but he didn't really know if he wanted to run a bakery. So he used to be like a travel and a food blogger and he's trying to go back to that, but he doesn't know if he wants to sell a restaurant. He's like in like a transition type phase. And when she comes, when the heroine, um, her um, desire comes to, um, where he lives she's trying to start up this catering business her sister recommends her to start up a catering business and gets her a job and she winds up having to work with this guy and they are like oil and water at first but he's attracted to her but she's just like I've had too much drama right now I don't need a, somebody in my life right now and but it had a lot it, it there's a twist at the end of the story but I really like how it was done it was mm-hmm. a little twisty and it's a little bit of um like a, a lot of elements. It was like a little bit of stalkerish vibes and a little assaulty. Mm. 
some assault happened, but it was Uh-oh. a really good book, and I was very surprised. This is the first book I've read from this author, and I would read something from her again. It was really good, though. Oh, that's good. Yeah, um, just one that I wanted to mention, because it's on my TBR, and I've heard really good things about it. And just to be clear, to disclose, I am very good friends with Estelle, the publicist at um, Forever Romance, but they have a book coming out in the spring called Accidentally Engaged um, by Farrar, Farrar, um, Heron, and the female main character, she's like a bread maker. She makes like extravagant breads. And so I've been seeing like a few people on Instagram, like talk about they read the book and now they're trying to make bread. And so I'm like super intrigued, especially as someone who has always been afraid to make bread, but I love to eat bread. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, So I'm super excited to read this. It comes out like in the spring. Um, I think it's also like a um, like a fake relationship or something like that, mm-hmm. um, which is one of my favorites. But it doesn't take much to interest me if you say there's a bunch of bread in a book. So right, like but, I, I I recently bought some yeast, so mm-hmm. I'm kind of on the you know mm-hmm. I saw a YouTube video where somebody made some bread and it looked easy, so I was like I okay. could do it. But let me know. <laughs> let me know. I bought a pack of yeast too because I'm like what if we go back and we have to like go back and like to a strict quarantine again and everybody starts baking again and I want to try to make bread I'm probably not going to but exactly but just (laughs) in case I told my dad I said oh I'm gonna make this bread for Thanksgiving and then he was like what happened to the bread I said what happened was I woke up and I laid on the couch until 3.30, so I didn't have time to make the bread. I said, I just wasn't feeling it that morning. But Bread is really just a vehicle for either butter or cheese. Yes. That's another story. Okay, so before I forget, I'm going to mention this while we're talking about bread and stuff like that. So Tiff Marcello, if you follow her on Instagram, particularly in her stories... She posts a lot of, like, food, like, what she's cooking um, early on in the pandemic. I think she's kind of um, hasn't been as active with it, but she had a very active sourdough starter, and she was making a lot of things with it, and it was really fun to watch her. Um, She also does, like, she did, like, some sheet pan baking, which I was, like, super into. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Tiff, what are you making? Um, (laughs) (laughs) These are the things that I remember. So definitely, if you're listening to this and you're into foodie romance, follow Tiff Marcello. I don't know what her handle is, but you can find it pretty easily. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. So we're rounding out the end of this podcast. So let's talk about what you have coming on. You have some new things going on. Tell us about that. Right. Okay. So I've been reviewing at Smexy for like four and a half years and I've loved it. Um, I've worked with some fantastic people there. I love them all. Um, But I'm just ready to do something that's like my own. And, um, you know, for anybody who's blogged or even doing a podcast, you know, it's a lot of work 
And um, I just want to be like on my own schedule. So um, at the end of this year, I haven't really posted any reviews in the last month or so on Smexy. I'll have a couple as the year ends out, like my best of or favorites or whatever. Um, and just kind of like a general wrap up of stuff that I've done at Smexy that I'm really excited about and just want to, you know, remind people of, of all the work. But I'm going to be launching a new site um, it's called, I have the URL, I'm still working on the site, but closer to when this releases or shortly thereafter, it should be up and running. It's going to be called All My Bookish Friends. So Danny, you kind of, you didn't even know, but you kind of talked, touched on it when we first started this um, episode. So one of the things that I have been so grateful for as I've become, you know, as I've been reading romance and made a little space for myself here in this community is I have made some fantastic friends and I'm I'm just so thankful for them. And so I really just want to be able to have a site that highlights not only my friendships and the friendships that I've made, but friendships that I see in books um, and how those portray and in other types of media, especially I feel like as women or like women type people, um, there's not always a ton of positive um, depictions of female friendships. And I just want to talk about those, the ones that I have, the ones that I see in books, um, and stuff like that, you know, because I just think friends are so important. <laughs> and that sounds cheesy, but I think it's true. And I think the friends that I have made in this community have just been so impactful to me much more than you know to me it's much more than just like talking about books it's like all sorts of things you know encompassing in it and you know being able to say like well my friend Danny has a podcast and my friend Danny and I went to lunch and you know and things like the that and or some friends because especially now because the pandemic they're just like pocket friends if you will and they're no they're not any less important. Um, and so I just want to be able to talk about that. That is so awesome. Because like throughout this book thing, I've made a ton of friends. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have like a, a, a lot of the friends I've made are still on Facebook. A lot of them haven't transitioned to Twitter because, you know, I had I had to leave Facebook. It was toxic. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I but, understand. <laughs> A lot of them haven't transitioned to Facebook. I mean, I'm to Twitter, but I have a couple um friends. Now you made me want to shout out some of my friends, my bookish friends. Do um, it. So there's you, mm -hmm. uh, joyfully reviewed. Mm -hmm. Um, Natasha, she's at Kindle Cousins. Mm -hmm. She blogs and she reviews. Um, another friend that I met, um, I cannot remember what her, I don't know what her Twitter handle is, but she's Kimmy Loves Books, but her mm -hmm. name is Kimberly. Right. And I met her. She's like one of the ones, like when I first started going to book things, I just saw her like a bunch of times. And then like, it's like, we're friends. Like mm -hmm. I saw you like, I've seen you like five times. So now we're friends. Right. Like, <laughs> she's my friend too. Yeah. We talk about oh, Dancing yeah. with the Stars. <laughs> Yes, yes. She's like really big into musicals and she mm -hmm. and she she's so she's a really nice person. She's awesome. But yeah, they're all great people. They all read and blog and they're awesome. And mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And I think this venture is going to be amazing. And I can't wait to um, tell you about some books with friends in it because I already have like 15. I can tell okay, you about good. Okay, good. Okay, good. Because like, <laughs> I'm getting my schedule ready to start, uh, you know, scheduling people. Oh, because I'm going to do a podcast too. Oh, I didn't even mention that. But because I love talking about people, I love talking to my friends, first of all. I love talking to my friends about books. So I want to be able to talk to my friends about our friendships and about our books. Like, what else, what what better thing could there be? <laughs> exactly. It's the yeah. best of both worlds. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. So thank you for coming on today, Keeney. And I hope to see you again in the real lifetime. Yes, I know. Also. Same to you, Danny. And yes. soon, hopefully in 2021, things will get better. And we can meet up in real life. And like even sit at like the same table or something and talk right. to each other. <laughs> Maybe we could go to the park and sit on two different benches. Or yes. Something. <laughs> we'll, like we'll get like play telephone. We'll bring some um like the little red cups, you know, put the the okay. string in them. We could bring back walkie talkies. Let yeah. me find out the pandemic brought back walkie talkies. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get a next tell. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, I gotta chirp Danny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Rom Book Pod, inclusively yours. If you like weekly recs for inclusive romance, please take a moment to subscribe. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest at Rom Book Pod. That's R O M B K P O D. Thank you for joining us, and until next time, happy reading. <laughs>